Yeah, boot up just like LMA. I like some LMA, oh. She type LOL, not LMA. Oh, yeah. We got trophies on the way. Bro, yeah. Stay low till we elevate. Don't you know we all of that? My team versus your team. Might just sack your quarterback. Back so fat, I'm Santa. You should mind your manners. Too legit to quit. You could call me MC Hammer. Too legit to quit. You could call me MC Hammer. I might make a hit while I'm still in my pajamas. Welcome to Sports and Jesus Podcast. We're back. Um, back for another week. Back another and better episode. than ever. Hopefully we're better than ever. Um, yeah. So today's episode is brought to you by Lofty Leather Company. Um, got this cool new hat. Um, if you're with us on the live stream, we've already talked about this a little bit. But really appreciate their merch. Go check them out. They um, they make some really cool stuff with leather. They've got these really cool uh, vintage baseball glove wallets. Um, wallets made out of the leather from baseball gloves. They do hats, really cool hats. Um, you want to check out the one they did for us, go go look at our social media page. Uh, just really good work, good ministry-minded guys, um, actually, you know, part of a church plant and just really cool, yeah. Um, so also this episode is brought to you by Red Letter Clothing, um, our, our partners for a long time. You can check them out at redletterclo.com. They've got some, also some really cool gospel-centered merchandise. Uh, yeah, they're, they're awesome. Check out a few episodes ago, we talked with uh, Florida and Frangu, the the owner, creator of, of Red Letter Clothing. Um, also, some, some really cool things have been happening. want to thank all of you that have jumped on the Sports and Jesus boat recently. Um, yeah. Because there's been quite a few of you recently, seen some uh, some really cool growth in, in a lot of different areas, and that's because of you. We want to thank you for that. Uh, continue, hey, continue to tell your friends. Uh, continue to to like what we do, support what we do. Uh, because of you, we're getting to a place where um we're going to be adding some, hopefully, some new sponsors. So if if you're out there and you own a, a company or, um, you know, a, really any, any kind of company and you'd like to partner with us, you appreciate what we do, sportsandjesus at gmail.com. Uh, we'll, we'll get you some some numbers on that and what that's going to look like going forward. We've got some cool, because of that too, we've got some cool new creative things down the pipeline um, that's happening. We're, we're going to start, uh, announcement, we're going to start... Hopefully this week, um, doing instead of we've been kind of on a like every other week schedule, and so we're going to produce some kind of content or attempt to produce some kind of content every week moving forward. So we're going to continue to every other week do these full long sports and Jesus episodes, and then starting next week, um, we're going to probably try to do it Thursdays most week. We're going to start. The weeks that we're not doing these big long episodes, we're going to do like like mini episodes on um, live. We might we might uh, experiment with some YouTube live, some some different platforms and stuff. Where it's going to be, we might just take like one current sports topic, give it, and it might be just one of us instead of both of us, or it might we might bring some of our other friends in from here to there. Um, it'll be just short, like like one sports topic, and then instead of like a a theological topic that we break down or um. We're probably gonna do just a short like devotional from one of us or from from somebody else that we that we trust. Um, just a short encouragement, gospel um, proclamation, just, just kind of those things. Just so we can t- continue to get more content out there, and hopefully, um, hopefully it's of of benefit and of an encouragement to you. But that's enough kind of house cleaning there. Let's let's talk sports. Spurts. Spurt. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, big thing that happened since the last episode is the the NBA Finals are over. The Los Angeles Lakers are your world champions. Um, to the dismay of me, to <laughs> Joy's enjoyment, 
Yeah. Joy's enjoyment. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, Joy's, Joy's a LeBron guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too disappointed. What, so what do you think, like speaking legacy, speaking, uh, kind of where, where LeBron is in like where you rank him in the greats, does this, does this like greatly enhance his legacy for you or like, it's just another, it just adds to it. Like, I don't think it makes it that much better. You had but him just, above Michael even before this, right? Yeah, always. Yeah, I just i I think it's really you, hard you, to argue that he's not a better athlete than Michael was. You had him above Michael like second year in the league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see Michael Jordan play. So yeah. yeah, besides on YouTube, I wasn't watching Michael when I was seven years old. Oh, I remember. I don't. I, I, remember. I have no. Do you remember Space Jam coming out? No, I just remember watching it. I don't remember Space Jam coming out. I don't remember a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this. I think this kind of elevates him to now. Definitely, like the conversation is LeBron or Michael. Yeah, um, I don't think we're ever going to have a definite answer. I think that conversation will be going for the rest uh, of our lives, unless LeBron like wins four more championships with the Lakers. Which is possible. It is. He went in the the last one, the win with the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's not possible because the champions are returning next season. Who's that? Golden State Warriors. Gonna be back. No, they won't. They're gonna be back, man. Everybody's back. healthy healthy? Healthy. Steph Curry's healthy. Um Clay's gonna be back. Draymond's gonna be back. Steph sold a soul to the devil. I'm okay with that. I don't really know what you mean by that, but I'm okay I don't either. It's just something people <laughs> say because he's not a Christian. He worships the devil. There we go. Oh, it all came close. around. Yep. Oh, there we go. Took a second. Yeah. Um, I like Steph. I hate that. I've just, I've gotten this position now and I've got to stick with it. Yeah. You but have I love, to. But I love you. Steph Let's or be me? friends. Be careful. Yeah. Okay. Who you think? There are a lot of good young NBA teams out there right now. What are kind of some of the teams with like a young core that you are most excited about going forwards? Okay. Hashtag Grand City. Pelicans. But the Grizzlies are like right there with the Pelicans. Mm. I like to hear that. <laughs> but I, I think I have to give it to the Pelicans just because I think Lonzo's finally coming into his own, and, I mean, Zion's already there. My question is, what like with both of those guys, is just can they stay stay healthy? Yeah. Um, I, I have the same questions, though, for Jaron Jackson with the Grizzlies. I mean, I, I think you got to throw the Nuggets, obviously, in there, too. I think you got to throw the Heat in there. Um, with their, I would say their core, outside of Jimmy Butler, it, with Tyler Hero – Bam Adebayo, um, Duncan Robinson, like those are very young guys. Um, what's the other guy that's young? That was a rookie this year. Um, none. Kendrick. Kendrick. None. none. Yeah, those. That's a young core. I, I think you still consider the Boston Celtics core a young core. Uh, they're very good. With why well, can't I think of his name? Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown. Or is, is Marcus Smart still a young guy? I don't think so. I feel like he's playing the league for 15 years, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So you've got those guys. I mean, it, yeah, you've got a, a, a lot of, I think, I think we're kind of in that transition period between the old guys and the new guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, between the old superstars and the new superstars, but at the same time, it's like LeBron's like, yeah, but you're going to have to come take it from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I get, I get all you, you young bucks, but, uh, but you're gonna have to come get this from me. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So the NBA is exciting. has a has a bright future. Excited, ready to get back into it. Ready to see what my Grizzlies have in store for us. Um, you can kind of see at the top of the screen there. My uh, obviously you can't see where I'm pointing, but my, my Grizzlies <laughs> hat up there. Uh, big Grizzlies fan. Hashtag Grind City. Not as cool as Joy's Sports and Jesus hat from Lofty Leather Company. 
Are they still planning on restarting the NBA again in December? Because that, that was no the original idea. plan. That seems too fast of a turnaround. Like two months. I mean, that's what they did in, in – I, I know I keep talking about soccer. That's what they did in soccer. Like soccer, everybody had 30 days off. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and Let's then they see. turned around and started the new season. Man, Ronaldo's got coronavirus. That really hurts my team. So does Weston McKinney, our American player. College football is <laughs> insane this year. It's crazy. Like, it is crazy. Um, no, April. Like, I feel like they're – okay. I think you see, especially in football, both college, really college, but also you see it some in the NFL, you see the effects of the coronavirus, of them not having, like – in college football, especially not having like a, a spring camp, not having spring training, not having a like you see it, you really see it in teams like Alabama. Yep, I think because like Nick Saban's thing is like there are other teams that recruit as well as Alabama. No, there's not, or close to it. I yeah. mean, Clemson's right up there with yeah. Alabama. Georgia's right up there with Alabama. But what sets them apart is like the the discipline and the coaching and everything that Alabama brings to the table. I I think especially from a discipline perspective, there's just not, especially defensively, that just hasn't been instilled yet in Alabama like it normally is. Right. And so I think you're seeing that. I mean, they're still good. They've still got, you know, some of the best talent or probably the best talent in the country, but that's why they get lit up by Ole Miss, um, which Ole Miss is offense, man. Uh, yeah. See what might I've, be okay. Hot take: Matt Carell, best quarterback in the SEC. So far, so far, yeah, it's hard to argue. I think if you hear, I mean, just where we live, you hear Alabama. They're just not playing like an Alabama defensive team, and that's true of the past. But are we are we sure that Alabama's the number two best team in the country? Are we sure that that's not the Alabama defense? Because it's been the defense for the past few years. They haven't been that strong defensive team. Um, teaser alert. According to the Sports and Jesus poll, they are not the number two team in the country. Yeah. Not dose. I might put them at like six. No. No, they're still number I don't know three. why my voice got so high. <laughs> I, I, I might six. put them at six. That was weird. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, so I think you see that a lot. I think that's why you can see teams like Mississippi State look so good against LSU and then be like horrible after that. I think that's why you can see um, teams like Georgia look so bad in the first game and then just be dominant. Same thing like Florida really struggled this week. Uh, Miami. I think there's there's really only been one consistent team. And that's Clemson. Clemson Tigers. Yeah. Um, which, speaking of that, Sports of Jesus top 10 real quick. We got Clemson number one, Georgia number two, Alabama number three. Who's four? Do you remember? Those, those are all that matter. Tennessee number four, <laughs> um, UCF number five, <laughs> Florida number six. Notre Dame, number seven. Uh, this is straight off the top of my head, guys. <laughs> Letting you behind the curtain here. And uh, Miami, number eight. It's been a crazy football season this year, huh? Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, okay. I don't, that's it. That's the top go. ten. There we go. There's the top ten. Confetti. Uh, yeah, college football has been crazy, man. I, and the NFL has been crazy too. I mean, we actually just saw the Chiefs lose a game that Patrick Mahomes played the whole game. Yeah, we, like, I, I can't remember the last time that happened. We were watching. I, I mean, I guess we were watching Sports Center. My wife, where the Raiders come, saw from? him like the Patrick Mahomes threw an interception, and she literally went, oh, "He threw, she threw an interception." It's like <laughs> that's where we are now, twenty twenty. <laughs> 2020, there's hurricanes, <laughs> pandemic, Patrick Mahomes through an interception. <laughs> it's crazy. It's just, that's where it's we are. Crazy. It's, just, it's so bizarre to see him mess up. Yeah. Oh, I've got it. 
I did. When Trevor Lawrence goes to the NFL, he needs to be in those head and shoulders commercials with Ooh, okay, okay. Patrick Mahomes and that Steelers guy, Troy Troy Palomalu. Yeah. yeah. Hot take here. I think okay, so I find myself you might be here too. I find myself struggling like, with dandruff. Yes. And so if you struggle with dandruff dandruff like uh, <laughs> us, our new partner is um no like I'm kind of still mentally trying to get past the um, historically what the prototypical quarterback is to be what more the prototypical quarterback is today. Like for so long, the prototypical quarterback was big arm, tall, stand in the pocket, usually white. Not very athletic. Probably couldn't play another position on the field, but you know, in in you know, intelligent like that was that was the. And then now it's like you see so many guys that are able, like they're just as smart as, but add a ton of athleticism in there. Yeah. Like, like so you get the prototypical quarterback today looks more like a like a Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Lamar Jackson, um, even like what's his name? Like uh, Kyler, Mur- Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. What's the quarterback for the Bills? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. You know a lot of athleticism there. Like it's like you need your quarterback to be a good athlete, also. Um, and it's just it's it's hard. Like because you think, like you think when you compare Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, like I think Justin Fields fits more. Um, like okay, I would pick Justin Fields before I pick Trevor Lawrence, because of partly because of that reason. And I know Trevor Lawrence is a, is a freak athlete too, and we saw that in the the playoff last year. But even like watching, like I watched the Clemson Miami game. What? Just that text message that I just got. Oh, <laughs> I watched the. Well, the Cle- I'm, gonna call, I'm, just, I'm gonna call her out. <laughs> Mass Singer is trumping your podcast tonight, love. Dot, dot, dot. I'm sorry. No, you're not. So we can't watch both? We can't watch both of them? We can't watch both of them? Yeah, you just got to have this up on your phone and then... We we have subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. Just hit the subtitles. (laughs) I mean, our voices are really soothing and probably just make your day a little better. This kind of voice will make you fall asleep. But how... Okay, what else? Like, Trevor Lawrence, like, watching that game against Miami, it seemed like... Like Clemson is so strong athletically. I think it's some of what you saw too also last year. Like Trevor Lawrence, for the most part, everything was schemed for him to know where he was going before like very rarely did he sit back and like make good decisions. I mean he didn't make bad decisions, but he just didn't have the the opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like I just Yeah. And I've always been like from high school, I've just been a big Justin Fields fan. I'm just gonna be honest. Was he um was he on that show? And that's why. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The QB one. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't get past a few episodes just because honestly, it was what's his name that went to Ohio State? I just could not stand Tate him. Tate Martell, I man. That's my dude. Tate. That's my <laughs> I literally I watched two episodes and I was like, I can't watch this kid. <laughs> he he opted out this year. I mean, he definitely wouldn't have been playing at Miami anyways. No. <laughs> but, yeah. Who? Sorry for that yawn there. Um, who is right now who you got in the Super Bowl? Chiefs. You think the Chiefs will beat the Raiders in the playoffs, even though they just got beat by the Raiders in Kansas City? Yep. Yep, yep. For sure. I don't know who would be playing the Chiefs, though. Who did they play last year in the Super Bowl? The 49ers. They're hurt so much. Yeah, they won't get back there. The Rams look pretty good, I feel like. (laughs) Um, The Packers have looked pretty good so far. Yeah. Can Aaron Rodgers stay? As long as it's not the Bucs. As long as it's not the Bucs. Honestly, even if the Bucs got there, could you see them beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That would be... You would see just like last year when they played, what was it, the AFC Championship game, the Patriots and the yeah. Chiefs, and you were just like, like, yeah, okay, Tom Brady's had a great career. 
he ain't that. <laughs> <laughs> he is not and never has been Patrick Mahomes. Never has been. Um, thank you for the echo there. <laughs> I got your back. Um, real quick, I want to talk about, I know Joy is a, um, a baseball guy. He's a big Braves fan. The Braves have made it. Is this the furthest they've been in a while? Yep, since 95. Since 95. I remember those days. Those are the, I don't remember those, those are the days. good days. Yeah. Um, so they got hammered last night. Yeah. <laughs> so we're recording this on Thursday. Um, hopefully be posting this tomorrow on Friday. But, uh, man, 11 runs in the first inning. Like... I feel like like if I was the Dodgers, I would have been like after that first inning, I was be like, is there any way like all the runs from here on out? Like we're good on runs for tonight. Can we just start <laughs> counting the other runs for the next game? It's like you're scoring too many runs, guys. I need to save some of those for. I know it was wild. It was. Uh, they're playing tonight, aren't they? Yeah, they're since they're in the bubble, they're playing every. There's no breaks in between games. Yeah, because they they don't have to travel. And it's that, that's the kind of game to where, and I know me and you both listen to. They Lebetard show, and they have the former baseball president David, David Sampson on there. And when the Braves scored twenty nine runs on the Marlins this season, he said, "That's when you just your pitcher that started. You just leave him out there and say, we just got to get through this game. You don't waste your bullpen.' Yeah, yeah. That's when I start putting like my backup catcher as a yeah. pitcher and like <laughs> start pulling guys out of the stands. I've seen that. I've had to explain that to my wife how they just they just pick. Random players sometimes to throw them in there. Yeah, they've only got a certain number of guys. Um, but it's just it's still two to one. Ain't nothing to worry about. Yeah, I mean you still got the upper hand. They but. just even though the Dodgers just scored the first run of the game in the third, it's nothing to worry about. Man, I feel so bad for Dak Prescott. I hate the Dodgers. So random right now, but I just saw it when you pulled your phone out a picture of him. I feel so bad for Dak Prescott. <laughs> I know. God, man, he was – like, I feel me – and, me and Stats were talking about this the other day. Shout out to Stats, who doesn't like to join the podcast anymore, apparently. Um, yeah. We were talking about kind of the – like, with some quarterbacks – some quarterbacks are just, like, slinging it from game one. You know, like, Patrick Mahomes, as soon as he got out there, he was amazing. Yeah. Same for the most part with, like, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Um, it seems like uh, Justin Herbert this year – like those guys are just good from the beginning. Yeah. Joe Burrow the first few games. And then you have some guys that like it takes a few years for it to click. But then when it clicks, they're great. Like I think like Russell Wilson. Like when he first first started his rookie year, like he was he was more of a game manager. Same I think like Ben Roethlisberger. I think um Dak Prescott, obviously. I think Drew Brees as well. Um, like those guys, like they, they, um, they were okay when they, but they were more kind of like quarterbacks that just, their job was not to lose the game. And then as they progressed and as they, they worked hard, they progressed into like winning the game because of us. I think you're seeing that with Josh Allen, potentially. I think you're seeing that it's a little bit later than all these other guys, but Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Um, He's still pretty, like, still, I think you saw in the playoffs. He's still pretty? Did you yeah. say he's still pretty? He's still pretty, though. He's still a pretty guy. Don't lose the game, because you saw in the playoffs when if like, he couldn't win in that playoff game. Yeah. Yeah, but they were playing Patrick Mahomes. Weren't they? Weren't they? Isn't that who beat him? Yes. Yeah, that was in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. So, um, that's all we got for the sports talk here um again remember go check out lofty leather company if you like this hat that joy's wearing check them out um if you're listening to us on camera if you're listening to us on the podcast and not with us on live go you can go see the hat on our on our instagram and on our facebook um they do really good work lofty leather company also red letter clothing um they've Great, great merchandise there. Um, redletterclo.com. Also, they they're just a good, um, just a good all around follow on just um, Florida is just a very encouraging guy, very 
ministry minded. Um, go check them out too. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, stay tuned. If you're on live, stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute, um, with, to talk about some, some Jesus stuff, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, back with another one, yeah Oh, you thought that I was done with it Now I'm having fun with it Shit, G gave me the ball, what's me wrong with it? Some of the people left the game I'm in a slum village and I know the stakes Saying what it takes One hand on the wheel, foot on the gas Never on the brake, keep it real Looking at the past and all the mistakes It's God that has got me here Standing by grace, man, oh my Woo! God's water never goes dry And so we drink, can tell I was close by Was on the brink When you dwell with the most high You never sink, you gotta have faith On the path that snakes in the grass You can tell a lot by the way we think I came a long way from a strip and rink Vowed to never write a song I couldn't sing So I sing, oh my And welcome back to Sports and Jesus Podcast. Uh, that's my radio voice. But yeah, we're back. Uh, Joy likes to make fun of me. All of you who are, have joined us online or um, listen to the podcast because I do the opposite, apparently, of what most people do. And that is most people, when they're streaming or whatever they wear something nice up top yeah and then wear some like just underwear or shorts or something down low i do the opposite i'm wearing khakis right now yep with just a random old t-shirt um and joy likes to make fun of that so well i'm just wearing a t-shirt and soccer shorts yeah joy's just wearing normal uh but Part of that is because I got a new job and I had to dress up for my job and don't feel like changing my pants, you know. You only want to change pants once a day, right? Isn't that, isn't that in Proverbs? No. Not that I know of. It is somewhere in there. <laughs> it's somewhere in there. I'm pretty Chapter sure. Chapter 32? Yup. <laughs> but yeah, so thanks for sticking around with us or thanks for joining us um, for the first time tonight, but... Anyways, today we're talking about a very, very uh, deep subject, something I'm, I'm excited about, I know Joy's excited about, something we want to talk about, talk about for a long time, uh, something that is, I think, highly debated today in, in American Christian circles. I think it's also his, historically has been very highly debated. What that is, is... Can you lose your salvation? That's that's kind of the question we want to tackle. That's kind of what we want to what we want to wrestle with tonight is is can you lose your salvation? So to give you just an example of how, how highly debated this is, I think you think of some of the the main mainstream domin, domination denominations today that that would disagree on this. So typically, your um, most Baptist would say, once saved, always saved. Right. Um, most Presbyterian would say, once saved, always saved. And then people that, the, the denominations on the other side would typically be like your, um, some of your, your Pentecostal denominations, Assembly of God, Church of God. Most would argue that you can lose your salvation. Your uh, Methodist, Methodist, most would argue that you can lose your salvation. Um, you also get, you know, some some forms of Baptists like your free will Baptist, your um, general Baptist, not Baptist general conference, but general Baptist. General Baptist. Those are actually two completely different things. It's crazy, but uh, yeah, but yeah. So very, like I said, very highly debated. I think I think most Church of Christ would say you can lose your salvation as well. Um, so. So that's what we want to talk about. That's what we want to wrestle with: is is can you lose your salvation? And uh, we we strongly believe. Uh, we give a hint: we're both Baptist-ish. I'd say we both would hold to historic Baptist doctrine. Yes, that's a better way of putting it. Or Baptist-ish. Yeah. Um, 
Either one works. Yeah. We um so having said that, we affirm that you cannot lose your salvation once truly saved. Yep. All right, so we're done. Yeah, so that's it. So that's where we're at. <laughs> However, I don't think we would probably articulate it in the same way a lot of people would. Uh, it's, it's been a subject that I, I've always, I've always believed that way. You know, I was raised Baptist. My, my father's a Southern Baptist pastor. Um, so I've always understood, I've always believed once saved, always saved. Um, because that's, that's the way typically Baptists believe. And as I've gotten older, I've dug deeper into it. And, and, and that's just been affirmed. And even like deepened in my heart and in my understanding of the scriptures. So tonight we might break a sports and Jesus record for most scripture used, most scriptures used in one podcast, because we want to make the argument that this is not really a debatable topic if you're looking at scripture. If if you believe. But the Bible is inerrant and sufficient, then can't really argue. Yeah. Also, typically you hear it it worded or articulated as once saved, always saved, right? We we've always heard that. I think that isn't the most I, I think that's true in a way, but I don't think that's the most accurate way to describe this this doctrine. Yep. So <laughs> So yeah, so I want to talk about the way we would describe it, some phrasing that I think is more helpful, but first of all, I want to get started on just I have some points of on this subject of eternal security that's kind of systematically um, supports, I think, or, or systematically explains what I think the scriptures support and teach on this subject. I'm this this order, some of this order. I'm getting, and I've added some of my own stuff to it. But but the order in general and the way some things are worded, I I, I first came across through uh, Desiring God and and John Piper and the way they explain this doctrine. I just thought it just it was it was just a great way to explain it. First of all. Our faith must endure to the end. So, so I think that a better way, a better terminology for this is perseverance. Um, I think eternally secure, I think is, is better than once saved, always saved. But I think the, the most accurate to what I think the scriptures teach is perseverance or the perseverance of Christians or um, historically it's been described as perseverance of the saints. And, and I think that that's, that's a, a better way of looking at it. So our faith must endure to the end. Joy, if you want to read it, you have 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 2, 1 yep, and yep. 2. 1 and 2. Sorry. Not 1 or 2. Just read them both. Now I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Okay, so you see there, it's a, if you hold to the message that I preached to you. Um, you got Colossians 1, 21 through 23? Yeah. I picked the right ribbon. <laughs> ribbon it. 21 through 23? Uh, yeah, chapter 1, verse 21 through 23. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds, expressed in your evil actions, but now he has reconciled you by his physical body through his death to present you holy, faultless, and blameless before him, if indeed you remain grounded and steadfast in the faith and are not shifted away from the hope of the gospel that you heard. This gospel has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and I, Paul, have become a servant of it. Okay, so we see there, um, it, he said, if you, was it, remain solid in the faith. Um, Matthew, steadfast. yes, steadfast, that's the word. Matthew 13, I got this, um, Matthew 13, 
20 through 22 says, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, and another thirty. So you see there kind of the, the different soils, and um, I think that also speaks to what we're talking about. Second Timothy 2, 11 and 12. This saying is trustworthy. For if we died with him, we also live with him. And if we endure, we also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Mark thirteen thirteen, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. So, um, we, there's an endurance that is required from us, if that's, if that's a good way to say it. There is a, and this is why I don't think once saved, always saved is the best representation of this doctrine. Um, because it's, that makes it sound like I do this one time, I make this one time decision. I walk the aisle, I do this one time, and then I'm good no matter what I do from there on out. That's not what those verses said that we just read. <laughs> that was five of them that made it clear. There is a endurance or there is a perseverance that is demanded, that is required from us. It is not a, I one time made a decision and then I'm good. It is a, I am every day putting my faith in Jesus and doing that every day to the end, enduring to the end, persevering to the end will prove that I was saved. Um, yeah. you, don't, you don't repent once and done. You become a repenter. You repent yes. every day, all the time. Now, because, yeah. and then real quick, because when you're, salvation is it's just such a life change and that if you're truly one of Christ, this is something you want to do. You want mm -hmm. you strive for that perseverance. You're not just hey, do whatever I want to. God's yeah. got me. Yeah. Now you might be listening to this at this point, and you're a little terrified <laughs> because you're like, bro, like I thought I was good. You're saying <laughs> I've got to be completely obedient. And there's plenty of times where I'm not obedient. It, the Christian, the saint, will still struggle. There will still be times where sin wins. You will still sin. There will still be a wrestling and a fighting, but that's the key is that if God's Holy Spirit lives in you, it will be a fight. Um, I, I heard it uh, this week, Ray Ortland preached at the Acts 29, um, the Acts 29 National Conference, and he talked about, he said, uh, the difference between a convert and one that is not is not that they have sins. It is that one takes one takes part in cherished sins against a holy and upright God, and the other takes part with the reconciled God against his hated sins. And that's the difference, is that one, the, the non-saved person still cherishes their sins. They, instead of, fighting their sins, they make excuses for their sins. Or they compare their sins to someone else and say, well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so, so I'm good. Or they take the, they take something like once saved, always saved, and they're like, well, I can live whatever way that I want to because when I was 12 years old or when I was 16 years old at youth camp, I I made a profession of faith, and so I'm good. It doesn't matter what I do. Um, the truly converted will, as a whole, hate their sin. Yep. Um, and so that's that's the key difference. Again, it's not it's not necessarily like God isn't 
I mean, he does require perfect obedience, and we couldn't do that. That's why Jesus came was perfect and on the cross, all that. But he's, it's, it's the fight. Um, it's the fight. And it is the fight until the end. Uh, so, number two, obedience is necessary for final salvation, um, which goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about. Um, Joy, if you want to be looking up, um, I'll look up Hebrews twelve fourteen. If you look up Romans eight thirteen, Bible drills. Okay, Hebrews twelve fourteen says, "Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one." We'll see the Lord. Uh, and then Joyce reading Romans eight thirteen. Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Boom. So there, there is an obedience that's required of us. And, and I know that sound like Christian. If you're listening to this, I know. It sounds and has been exhausting at times. The, the effort that it takes um, to fight for discipline and to fight against sin, I feel that. Um, Joy feels that. Like we, we get that. We've, we've experienced that as well. But brother and sister, God has supplied you with the power to do it, to fight. Again, we'll never reach perfection, but he has given us the grace and the energy to continue in the fight because it is not our energy that we fight with. It is not our grace that we fight with. It is not our power that we fight with. If you truly are a child of God, it is not yours, it is his, and he will not fail. I know... Both of us have experienced this, but in those tougher times, when you're like, man, it's really hard to be obedient right now, and you want to lay down your sword, so to speak, and talking about being a fight, that, but God applies and gives you extra, more grace and peace in those times that you don't need in times when it's going particularly well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And which kind of leads me into the next point. Um, and I'm wording it this way, and this terminology can sound a little scary, but I'm wording it this way on purpose because it goes with what we're going to talk about. God's elect cannot be lost. Scary word. Yeah. Um, so a few episodes ago, it might, yeah, it was a couple episodes ago, maybe longer than that. At some point recently, we've talked about the order of salvation, right? And in that episode, I feel like we, we made good points that God initiates salvation. So God is the initiator and the sustainer of our faith. That is That belief is the at the core of why we believe you cannot lose your salvation. Because your salvation was not based on you so your continued salvation is not based on you. It is based on God. And God won't fail you. He's faithful. It is not, like even like what we were just talking about, like there is a, a, um, a calling to obedience that we cannot meet, but that God has equipped us to fight that fight. Um, it's all God. Our sustainment, our salvation, our being saved, um, our continuing to be saved is not based on us. It's based on Jesus. And I know that kind of seems to contradict everything we've just said. But again, like the power to do what he's called us to do comes from Jesus too. And it's based on him. And so it's going to be there. And that's why the truly elect will persevere to the end. And the truly elect cannot be lost. If you want to look up... Um, Romans 8.30, you'll see that kind of that. Uh, were you about to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, because we've talked about this so much, about how it all boils down to 
God gets his glory no matter what. That is what he is most passionate about is himself, as well as he should be. And so he is completely, he chooses particular individuals. He initiates salvation because it gets him glory. What so words we, did you just say? <clears throat> he chooses what? I said lots of words. <laughs> yeah, I said lots of words really fast. Yeah. <laughs> I got really excited about what I was talking about. <laughs> That's understandable. Um, he initiates salvation because if we initiated ourselves, we get credit and we can get some of the glory for us. He supplies us with grace and the ability to persevere because it gets him the glory. If we could do it on ourselves, then it gets he's not about his glory. Mm-hmm. Right, Amen. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we use this verse um, back when we were talking about the order of salvation, and now we're talking about another part in this chain, but... And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. Yeah, so you see that whole equation there. Who's doing all that? He. Yes, and the he is not you and me. No. It's it's God. God is doing it all. Um, God is the, he's predestined us, he saved us. And he justified us, and he will bring us to glory one day. It's all based on him. It's on his back and not ours. And trust me, his back is big enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's he's got you. It's not like my back. My back is weak. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, John 10. Uh, I'm going to read John 10, verses 27 through 30. This is, this is Jesus speaking. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So that goes hand in hand with what we were talking about, about who initiates salvation and election. Yep. Um, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. I, it's done. Like That's all we had to read right there for this whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> is like, I mean, it, it says it right there. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. And I and the Father are one. Boom. You get so much, like, just right there. Like, you get the doctrine of the Trinity. The, <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's it. <laughs> like, those that he calls, they hear his voice. And after he calls them, he will not let them go because you're not hanging on. You see here, you're not the one holding on to Jesus, hoping that you don't let go. He's the one that has you in his hand. Yeah. He's not dropping you. And not only is he not dropping you, but there is no one or nothing in the known, unknown. There's nothing that can take you out of the Father's hand. And so rest in that. Rest in the fact that it's been done for you. And out of that truth, out of that, out of the the love and the affection that you should feel in your heart and growing in in your heart as you continue to learn the depths of that, out of that, then go and be obedient. Then go and follow Jesus. Then go and obey his commands out of love and not out of duty. There's such security in that. And we both know people who have grown up not believing this doctrine, this truth. And there's such a constant state of fear Mm. that I'm going to mess up and end up in hell because I messed up. And not holding on to Christ and what Christ has done and realize that he's, he's not a weak God that someone can just come and like get you out of his hand. You know, or yeah. like Amen. super quick, like swiper is swiping. Swiper, no swiping. I don't wasn't expecting a door of the explorer uh, yeah, well, reference there, but you know, hey, that, that'll preach. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So, as George said, you know, we, we all know people that um, that have felt that and have felt the weight of that. Another thing, and I think where those people. And the people that, that would be on the other side of this argument, um, that think you can lose your salvation, where they're coming from, right, 
is the fact that we also, probably everybody listening to this, can think of people that at one time they were worship, seemed to be worshiping God, seemed to be um, the things of God were important to him. There seemed to be a desire there that now they want nothing to do with God. Like we all know people that have fallen away. So what do you say about those people? Did, were those people saved? I mean, they, there seemed to be some spiritual things going on there. Were those people saved and then now they're no longer saved because they've turned away from God? Are they just possibly backslidden and will one day come back to God? Are they, even though they would say they don't believe in God at all anymore, are they because they made the decision sometime? Are they still covered? Like what, where is that? And um, and some of this, I, I'm going to read here the verses that... Uh, the scholars that believe you can lose your salvation, this is where they kind of get the, the the meat of that argument. And it's in found in Hebrews chapter 6, um, starting in verse 4. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding them up to contempt. So they see there, it seems like it's explaining somebody that, that tasted in these things, and that's the key right there, but tasted in these things and then fell away. I don't, I, my understanding of this text, and I first heard a sermon by Matt Chandler is, is, that really helped me understand this, I feel. Is like the reason there, it it doesn't say like they ate up. It's like they, they just tasted it. They had a taste of these things, and then they fell away. I think those would be, you know, when we were in the book of Matthew talking about the different soils, um, those would be those that like, what was it, like the rocky soil where the roots went down and it shot up quickly but then died. Like that that's the people he's talking about here. And, and I don't think it's saying somebody can be saved and then fall away. I think... And this is even scarier, is what it's saying is that you can taste spiritual and heavenly things and not truly be saved. And for some of you listening to that, I mean, that that might convict you. That might be you. Um, and our encouragement is, is look to Jesus. Look to, because he... Um, He's, he's mighty to save. But, but yeah, so we would say those that fell away, we would say were not truly saved. Right. Because, as I feel like the point that we've hammered down, it is not, well, at one point did they believe, it is did they persevere to the end. Yeah. And I think, I just this is a quick little rant here, is there are so, Ranting it. so many people that they're holding on to a prayer that they prayed or a rededication of their life that they did 15 times while they were a teenager in youth group. Absolutely. And typically in the churches we grew up, the churches we grew up, Southern Baptist churches. And... Joy's calling them out. And it's just, it's what Paul talks about when he tells Timothy that some will just want their ears to be tickled and that's what they're getting. They're not getting the true gospel. And... It's it's just kind of timed where if that's what you feel like, you feel that, hey, that could be possibly me, just look to run to Jesus, look to Jesus, spend some time with him and just like worry and care and ask him, hey, do I, do I belong to you? Because your soul is crazy important, crazy important. I'm looking directly at the camera. Looking at you. I'm looking at you're looking at me because I'm looking at you in this screen. <laughs> like you're looking at me, even though you're looking that way. Welcome, <laughs> uh, Stephen A. Smith. There. Whoa. <laughs> um. So also, kind of, kind of finishing this up. God works, um, works in His elect to persevere. We already talked about this a little bit. Jeremiah thirty-two forty. Uh, I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them. 
and I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. That's what God does. Like he, he called us and he called us to what's an everlasting covenant and then and requires from us perseverance to the end, but then he puts the fear of him in us so that we won't turn from him. He's the one, again, he's the one in control here. He's the one holding us. He's the one that calls us to obedience and then equips us with everything we need to obey. Yep. Or calls us to fight against our sin and then equips us with the desire to fight against our sin. Um, so, application. How does this apply to us? What can we take outside of this just understanding um, God better? I, I think our, you know, it's really important for us with sports and Jesus. Like it, if if you've been with us for a while at all, like our one of our priorities is we want to help you think correctly about Jesus and about God and about His Word. That what you believe about God is the most important thing about you. Yes. We also, I think even more important than that, even though I'm just contradicting what you just said, <laughs> is why that is so important is because it grows your affections for God. We're not just want to learn these things to win an argument. We don't just want to learn these things to be smarter. We don't just want to learn these things, even because they're true. We want to learn these things because thinking correctly about God should give us more of God and help us understand Him better because He's the ultimate goal. He's the trophy. Thinking correctly about God is just a means to an end, and the end is, is Him, right? So, application. How does this, and understanding this, um, how does this apply to our lives to help us love God more? Um, first of all, it shows us the importance of obedience and the importance of striving to confirm your calling and election. Um, it's like we were just talking about. Just spend time with the Lord and just really seek Him. Because it's, it's not just, like I said earlier, it's, a, it's an everyday dying to yourself, repenting, and leaning on Christ and his sacrifice for our sins. Absolutely. That's a good filibustering up there. I knew you were looking up a verse. I was in the verse I was looking up. (laughs) But appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Also, and this this has been something that I I feel like God's taught me in the past few years that I've had a deeper understanding of. There is a sense that every day you are fighting in a battle against sin for your soul. And that should remind us, or even maybe for the first time, show us the dangers of indwelling sin, the dangers of secret sin, the dangers of that, like, like this is something... You need to fight with everything you have. And I'm not just talking to those that aren't Christians. I'm talking to Christians. Like there is an eternal significance to you fighting against lust. There is an eternal significance to you fighting to put others above yourself. There is an eternal significance to you fighting to... um, be able to handle your emotions in a way that honor God. There's an eternal significance to that. And this kind of goes with what we were talking about last week or last episode in glorifying God daily. Like that's not just a good thing. Like there is eternal weight to that. Like stop waiting, stop making excuses on why you haven't overcome and you're not fighting your sin. Like fight it with their, I mean, the Bible is clear, brother, if your hand causes you to sin, chop it off. If your (laughs) eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Like it is, there is a, you are 
playing with fire. Whenever you're playing with sin. What happens when you play with fire? You get burned. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Burn. Right. Burn. You're going to get burned yep. eternally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so recognize the dangers of sin and use the things God has given you to fight it, whether that be your, your, your Bible, your communion with him, your community, your <laughs> accountability software, your anything. <laughs> like, if you've got to get rid of stuff, get rid of stuff. Like, there is, I mean, there is a, there, you have to fight these and not just the big sins, the little ones. You fight. There's an eternal significance to you fighting against the desire to have man's approval. There's an eternal significance between you fighting against the call to make disciples. The like, glory of God is worth it. It's yes, worth the, not watching the movie at the movie theater you really want to see. It's worth not listening to the music you want to listen to. It's worth, this is big right now, it's worth not responding to somebody that says something stupid on social media. <laughs> like it's worth it. Like the prize at the end of this fight is worth it. And I guarantee you that that within the first, I think I might say this on the last episode, in the first millisecond of you being face to face with Jesus, the struggle of this will be completely worth it. In the first millisecond. Um, it's very fast. Yeah. It's like that. Like that. <laughs> like that <laughs> well yeah thank y'all for listening um if you want to talk to us more about that hey we're here for you um this is something that that's important to us something we've learned um something that i think is is vital to to really this is one of those doctrines i think it's really important to understand and to attempt to understand because again this is like sin sin ain't no joke like we are called to persevere to the end no matter what it takes it, I promise you, you make it to the end and you've got one less hand and one less eyeball, it's worth it. <laughs> like I said earlier, if you're going to one of those churches that just wants to tickle yours, get out of there and get you to a church. Get yourself to a church. What, what are you telling me to do? <laughs> get yourself to a church that preaches. That punches you in the ears and doesn't tickle them. Right. You need a good punch in the ear. Ear punch. Get your ear punched. Get your ears <laughs> punched. This stuff is too important. Yeah. Yeah. And... My rant's almost done, I promise. Ranting it. Um, Splash. A lot of the people that we were talking about earlier that doesn't or used to not believe in this truth is that it's because of Baptist that they say always said once saved, always saved, but they mm -hmm. lived just like the world. And they're like, well, mm -hmm. if they're, they can't be a Christian, if they're, they're, so. Yeah. Christians look different too. Christians that are persevering to the end, which is only real Christians. <laughs> I feel like we made, made that clear. But appreciate you all. Um, again, go check out Lofty Leather Company. Um, go check them out on social media. Check out Red Letter Clothing, Red Letter CLO. Uh, great partners, all both of them. Um, we're also we're looking for some new partners. You know, we've, we've been growing. Thank you all for that. And, and we're at the stage where um, we can... We can get some new partners that can help us do some more creative stuff in the future. Um, uh, remember, I don't think we've said this in the Jesus portion. We said the sports portion. But we're going to be bringing some new content for you um, on a weekly basis instead of a bi-weekly basis. And so excited about that. If you want to, if you're a regular listener and you want to, we're, we're creating some, some space in those, those mini episodes for... Um, we, we're not just doing a podcast. Like we kind of desire to build like a sports and Jesus community, and we already have some of that. A really, a um, what's cool is it's, it's starting to become like a worldwide community. Like we, um, and so we've got the sports and Jesus community, and we want to create space for those of you that are part of that community and communicate with us to um, to be a part of what we're doing. So we're going to get probably some different faces doing some of those devotionals get some different faces coming on and talking about sports in those mini episodes. And we've got some cool guys. 
we've got some really exciting um, interviews that that that'll be coming at some point in the near future. Um, some of the definitely some of the biggest names we've we've had. Um, some of the biggest name will be some of the biggest names we've had. We've also got some of the the um, some of the interviews we've had in the past. We're bringing some of them back. Uh, just some some exciting things. So um, so thank you all for being a part of it and supporting us. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, any any social media, we uh, typically respond pretty quickly. I'm um, also sportsandjesus at gmail.com. And uh, we will catch you on the flippity flip. Love you guys. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> we were best friends up until I had to get confessions. With the stress now, we are gonna need some intercession. Feel the pain arise, how could I lie? Night after night by your side, all the while keeping lies down inside. Put my vows to the side, now your eyes closed tight in the night. Valentine's, just another day, feeling out of place, and I really hate me. When I see your face, then I contemplate, what if I erase me? What if I erase? Better that than facing the truth. Someone better waiting for you. Someone who is faithful to you. Grab me by my face with your wedding band up against my jaw. Said I'm here to stay, that's for every win, that's for every loss I can never estimate price you paid to forgive my faults I said baby girl you don't have to take this She said boy you gon' have to face it I wanna hold you close I'll never let you go Come let me in your arms I wanna hold you close How do people get like me? Never seen a wreck like me. You ain't never owed a debt like me. How you gonna save a wretch like me? I might turn a bottle to a hospital. Saw somebody carve a canyon. And their skins are the real bandit. Turn red, they might need a bandage. Need a friend, I feel so abandoned. But I know I deserve it. I don't even wanna fight the verdict. I don't need some kind of words. I have heard everyone I know, I know worse. And flying birds really kind of covet. Scared to go, cause I don't know what's next. When I die, will I fly? Will I love it? Will I pay the price for rejecting everything you gave? How much does your grace cost when I face off with my past and I lose the game? Build a sand castle out of fear. And now I pray that you'll send a wave. Will you renovate? Will you terminate? If you're even there, you just probably hate me. Grab me by my hand and I felt the spirit moving my heart. Said I'll live again and that all I did is nail to the cross I could never estimate price you paid to forgive my fault then I said Lord I could not repay this He said boy you gon' have to face it I wanna hold you close I'll never let you go Come let me in your arms I wanna hold you close I wanna hold you close I'll never